idea person. And by that, I don't mean that you're particularly creative or generative. I'm sure you are. What I mean is you and I are the kind of creatures whose lives are governed by our ideas. So what idea will you carry with you through this day? What idea do you want to dwell on? Do you want to dwell in? Do you want to have govern your life? Here's a possibility. God is love. Here's another possibility. Beloved, because God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We're walking in this season of Lent as we remember that God so loved the world, He gave His Son this idea that at the core of all things is a loving, self-sacrificing God who revealed Himself in Jesus. We're looking at how do I become a different kind of person using Dallas Willard's book, Renovation of the Heart. And we're focusing right now on the mind. How is the mind made new? Dallas says the mind mostly consists of ideas, images, thoughts, and uh, thinking and, and information. We'll look at those. But today is ideas. This is so important. Page 96, Dallas writes, Ideas are very general models or assumptions about reality. They are patterns of interpretation, historically developed, and socially shared. They're sometimes involved with beliefs, but are much more than belief. They're much deeper. It's kind of like your body has cells. They come and go quite quickly, but then you have organs, and uh, those organs are much more stable, and your health depends on them. And in a kind of similar way with your mind, thoughts come and go, but ideas are part of our map about the way that things are. Examples of ideas, Dallas writes, are freedom, education, Happiness, the American dream, science, feminine or masculine, religious, Christian, Muslim, democracy, church, evolution, God. If you want to see ideas in action, he says, look at artistic expressions, especially in our day in pop music or in movies. If you think uh, back in the 50s, if you saw a TV sitcom, the wife would be home fixing dinner, the husband would be off at work. If you see a sitcom today, real different. Back in the 30s, if you saw a movie, there would be very few African-Americans in it. If they were, they would be presented in a very demeaning way. Today, quite different. In movies in the 30s or 40s or 50s, sexual intimacy would be presented as something that ought to be reserved for a married relationship, husband or wife. Today, real different. Why? Nobody voted on that. No discoveries got made. Ideas shifted that govern our lives and our realities. Now, Dallas writes, for all their importance to human life, ideas are never capable of definition or precise specification, and yet people never stop trying to define them in their vain efforts to control them. And now Jesus, among other things, is a master of the idea. And Lent, as we think about him, is a real good time to pause and reflect, to do perhaps an idea audit because it is so difficult to know. What are the ideas that really govern my life or yours? And then Lent and any practices we engage in can only fit in in this way. Fascinating article a week or so ago in the New York Times by uh, Margaret Rinkle 
called the meaning of Lent to this unchurched Christian. She writes how in her old days, her Lenten resolution would be give up something, coffee or cussing, but that notion of imposed sacrifice, interesting phrase, feels difficult in this uh, COVID world where life is already so hard anyhow. She writes, during their middle years of creeping weight gain, my mother and father would announce they were losing 10 pounds for Lent, a goal I always found hilarious. I'm no theologian, but I feel sure Jesus didn't spend 40 days and 40 nights in the desert so he could fit into his old jeans. And that is kind of a funny thought. Hey, Peter, trying to pick out an outfit to wear when I do the Sermon on the Mount. Do these green pants make my uh, hips look too big? It's hard to picture Jesus saying that. She goes on to talk about how she didn't disapprove of these secular expressions of Lent. But life is hard and making it harder on purpose is kind of a difficult thought. As a new member of the unchurched Christian faithful, what am I supposed to do with Lent? Surely there must be some spiritual practice that falls between a church-ordained ritual and a secular perfectibility project. Now here's the key. A practice only makes sense within some larger framework, vision, intention, method, vim, that gives it meaning and purpose and makes it effective and compels the heart. Imagine somebody's a football player on a team, they want to win the Super Bowl, but then somehow all of that goes away, the story goes away, there's no Super Bowl anymore, no more games, no more teams, and they say to themselves, I don't know today, should I run sprints, should I lift weights, should I stretch my hamstrings, nothing seems too meaningful to me. Practices don't create meaning, practices receive meaning in a grander narrative, in a greater vision. Now that's the ideal level. What ideas govern me? Dallas goes on, when culture is seen in what thinks of as natural as requiring no explanation or even thought, for example, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men, all people are created equal, that they've been endowed by their creator with certain rights. Now, those ideas were not self-evident to Attila the Han or Aristotle or Genghis Khan. Why could Thomas Jefferson say that they were? Because people in his day received them with such great consensus that they required no explanation. They just seemed to be self-evident. Dallas goes on, Now Christian spiritual formation is inescapably a matter of recognizing in ourselves the idea systems of evil that govern the present age. What we are seeing right now in Ukraine is what one priest that I heard recently called empire madness. Now, empire madness is an idea. It is part of an idea system about where greatness lies and what makes life worthwhile and what is worth giving your life to. And great violence and injustice is being done in our day, and behind it is an idea system, empire madness. And that empire madness is inside me and inside you when our little kingdoms, our little empires get messed up by ego and sin. And we don't even see it. What are we to do with this? Dallas goes on. To change governing ideas, whether in the individual or the group, is one of the most difficult and painful things in human life. Genuine conversion is a wrenching experience. 
It rarely happens to the individual or group except in the form of divine intervention, revolution, or something very like a mental breakdown. Divine intervention, think about Paul on the road to Damascus, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? A revolution, think of what the Civil War did, or something very like a mental breakdown. Story of Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible, if you know him, an egomaniac who lost his mind and came to worship God. It can cause deep and permanent damage to the most intimate of relationships as Jesus forewarned. And I will just tell you, after these last couple of years, that is deeply, deeply, deeply true. It is unbelievably wrenching. I lose my job. So what is it that I really believe about success? Not what do I always say that I believe. What is it that's governing my life? I lose my reputation. What does it mean what people think about me? I lose my money. What does wealth mean? I lose my family. Who am I now? What am I to do now? It is a wrenching thing and only God can do it. But one other key idea. Uh, Jesus is the master of ideas. And so our vision now is we're not engaged in these little private acts of self-imposed sacrifice. We live today in solidarity with every person that God made, and we think particularly right now for those in Ukraine. And we pray for them. And as we think about giving, especially in this time of the year, one of the things Nancy and I are doing through the Red Cross is to give to that part of the world. And we stand with them, and we think about them, and we ask God to bring peace. That's the vision that gives meaning to the little practices we engage in. It is a very dangerous thing. It is the most subversive thing. From one essential perspective, of course, Jesus himself confronted and undermined an idea system and its culture, which in turn killed him. He proved himself greater than any idea system or culture, however, and lives on. He is continuing the process of a worldwide idea shift. That's what we're a part of. That's the vision. You and I are engaged in a worldwide idea shift that begins in our own minds. Oh God, may it be true in the mental map that I'm living off of. You are love. Help me to see other people as those worthy of my self-sacrificing love. He is continuing the process of a worldwide idea shift that is crucial to his perpetual revolution in which we each are assigned a part. So you play your part. Guard your heart.